last Sunday, this Sunday, next Sunday, Jesus gives us three different lessons in forgiveness. And they all followed on the heels of his first prediction of his passion. If we recall a month ago in the Sunday Mass, Jesus finally informed the apostles who left everything to follow him where he was leading them. And it was to the cross at Calvary where he would give his life for us, for our sins, that we might be forgiven, that we might have the chance to live again and forever in a world that far surpasses this one. But as far as Jesus was concerned, his cross was the means by which we could be forgiven, but that was only half of his message. The other half was that we who have been forgiven should become forgiving, that what we receive as a gift, we should give as a gift. It's in that context then, these ongoing lessons about the need to be reconciled not only with God, but also with our fellow man, that Peter comes and asks Jesus the question that commences our gospel today in the 18th chapter of Matthew when he said, Jesus, how often must I forgive my brother when he wrongs me? Peter offers the guess in answer to his own question. He said, how about seven times? And as far as Peter's concerned, he's pretty generous and he feels pretty confident in his answer. Jewish law, before, during, and after Jesus' life, commanded that if you and another have a grievance, you are obliged to make three attempts to reconcile that grievance. Jesus himself referred to that same thing at the beginning of this chapter. We heard it last Sunday when he said, if you and your brother have a problem, go to him privately before you tell everyone else. If that fails, bring two witnesses to referee your compromise. If even that fails, take it to the whole community. But even then, if they refuse you, treat them as you would the Gentile, the tax collector, which means love them anyway. Don't hate just because someone is hating you. We have to love because we have been loved. We have to forgive because we have been forgiven. With that in mind then, these three attempts bound by the law to reconcile with one's brother, Peter has some, suggested in his mind something far more generous. He's taken the three times he's obliged to try to reconcile, multiplied it by two, added one. That's his guess of seven. He feels it's more than generous. But as is often the case, Jesus treats the rock like a pebble. And he said, Peter, not 70 times, but 70 times, seven times. Now, in math, that's 490. Jesus is not saying keep a ledger and keep clicking off all of their offenses, hoping and hoping and hoping that we get to 491 so you can press the eject button and blast them out of your life. It was a play on words. Peter said seven. Jesus said 70 times seven. It means without limit. God has a limitless love and forgiveness for us because he loves us with reckless abandon. Reckless abandon. He always will. He always has. There's nothing that can make him love us less. And because his love is perfect, there's really no means by which he could love us more. What he wants is us to carve off some of that love and share it with the people around us in this world where there's so much dissension, hatred, and discord. Jesus was willing to stake his life on this. That's what went up to the cross, him carrying our sins, the penalty for our offenses, that we might be forgiven, that we might become forgiving. We've really heard it beautifully expressed a thousand years before Jesus was born in the Psalms. Psalm 103 was sung today, and what did it say? God does not deal with us as our sins deserve, because he is merciful, we deserve something far worse. But it also said, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is God's love for us. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God separated our sins from us. 
that doesn't just mean we're a little bit forgiven. It means we can be forgiven for everything. We can be given forgiveness for anything. And we should then be willing to give forgiveness to others no matter what they have done to us because that's what he is doing to us. Isn't that the golden rule? If it's treat other people the way you want to be treated, we all want to be forgiven, then we should all want to be forgiving. So many times, however, in practice, we settle for the plastic instead of the golden rule. I'll treat other people the way they're treating with me. If you're nice, I'll be nice. If you're mean, watch out. How about the platinum edition? That's what Jesus was advocating for, not just treating other people the way we want to be treated, but treating other people the way God has treated us. And that's forgiveness, no matter what, no matter how many times. And that God who knows what we've done, how many times we've done it, and how many times we have yet to do it, even when we say we won't, even when we think we have stopped, he's going to continue to forgive us. He's going to continue to give us 10,000 chances to right our wrongs. He doesn't make us jump through hoops or complete an obstacle course. And he who gives that forgiveness so freely fails to understand why we are so limited in our willingness and ability to ask forgiveness of others, to give forgiveness to others, and to mean it when we say it. Sometimes we say we're sorry, but it's more because we were found out rather than because we did it. Sometimes we say you're forgiven, but it's lip service because we're still holding a grudge or a resentment in our heart. With all of that in mind, we turn our attention to the parable of the king who is settling his accounts. And this only says the debtor owes the king a quote-unquote huge amount. Other translations said it was 10,000 talents. That was a weight measure in Jesus' time, but also a currency. Let's say, for the sake of argument, it's $10 million. He's penniless. He owes $10 million. He cannot afford to pay that debt, not even a fraction of it. So he begs the king's forgiveness, and the king gives it freely because he knows he'll never see that money anyway. He just says, it's a bad debt. Let's write it off. That man who just had this huge, immense, and intense sum of money forgiven, who's no longer going to prison, his wife is no longer going to be sold, he should be grateful, and he should pay forward what he cannot repay. And instead, he who owed $10 million and then has it all written off finds somebody who owes him 20 bucks. And then he wants to strangle him and have him thrown into the prison. The king has no use for that, nor does Jesus. And that is why the man whose debt was just forgiven, who refused to forgive someone else a much smaller sum, finds himself tortured, not just thrown in the prison, but given to the torturers. He's going to be beaten within inches of his life to teach him a lesson. He should give to others what was so freely given to him. And therein lies the lesson for all of us. We do not earn God's forgiveness. We do not deserve God's forgiveness. We cannot repay God's forgiveness. We can pay it forward. Following the example of he who owes us nothing but has given us everything, we can pay forward the mercy that has been shown to us. Forgiving other people, even if they continue to wrong us, forgiving them 70 times, seven times, and then some, because that's how much God is willing to love and forgive us. Let us stand.